Welcome to Embers and Wind. Are you feeling a calling to serve? What if answering this calling unleashes from deep within you leadership potential? I'm your podcast host, Keith Weedman. Blended three decades experience with knowledge from multiple disciplines to unleash hidden potential in others. In this weekly podcast, my distinguished guests and I will share what fuels us and how we serve. You will feel a gentle wind on the embers of service that glow within you. You will receive kindling for your capabilities and knowledge to build skills. You can utilize this gentle wind to ignite the kindling. You will be guided to do this for people you lead and serve. You can apply what you learn with people you love. Get ready to feel the gentle wind. Lisa David Olson is a business humorist and speaker who delivers high-energy presentations that challenge people to think creatively and choose the lighter side of things. Audiences that range from corporate events and trade groups to community service clubs love her practical strategies, which can be applied personally and professionally. Meeting planners describe Lisa as the one who brings permission for fun and laughter to their events. She's an author, published writer, speaker, and podcaster who also shares a project in bravery. She delivered a TEDx talk in the spring of 2021, Seeking Humor, Finding Bravery. Organizations hired Lisa to implement laughter to engage, explore, and learn about the health in humor. Lisa's tips from the stage are tools groups can use for better communication while incorporating the yes and method with the why not thinking. We'll talk more about that in just a minute. Please join me in welcoming Lisa David Olson to Embers and Wind. Welcome, Lisa. Thank you, Mr. Weedman. Nice to be here. Tell us how you became a business humorist. After 20 years of running, performing, and organizing and producing a sketch comedy troupe, as well as writing it, I took all of that knowledge that I learned from the stage, and I used those tips and tools in what I call improv for real life. So it's all that culmination of all my performing, writing, producing, all those things, and how businesses can actually use tips about humor improv thinking, and even stage work for their own teams. Now, what are the benefits of humor for business? The benefits for humor overall is that there's a connectivity through the sharing of a joyful moment. You mentioned my TEDx last April, and I also had one in August that was about pranks, and that one was via Brazil. So that was all international, but that one was through Zoom. Very, very interesting way to do it. One was in person, one was over Zoom. But in both, I do talk about the connectivity of sharing joy. And whether we're both maybe at a bus stop and we see someone, a giant guy go by on a tiny bike, and maybe he's wearing a little crooked hat and he starts juggling oranges and sings a song, that is joyful. It's different. It's not harming anyone. We're going to share that moment and connect in that moment, whether we speak the same language whether our skin is the same color, our age is the Mm -hmm. same decade, doesn't matter. So there's a connectivity through humor 
that I also can teach to work teams, especially mm -hmm. now when you think about the last two years, people working from home and trying to figure out how to reconnect in person. That's a lot right. of change. People used to it say, is. oh, I'm so busy. I'm so busy. Then they were like, I'm dying to get out. And now they're back to, I could be busy, but I'm saying no to a whole lot because I'm still in shock. <laughs> we can talk through that. We can connect your team. There is a high performance coach. His name is Brenda Burchard. He wrote a book called High Performance Habits. In his book, he says that high performers intentionally generate joy and gratitude to elevate their own engagement and performance. So I believe when you use humor, you do this for companies. It's true. What you think about, you bring about. Um, I was just at a, a small local store right after my day job and prior to meeting with you, Keith. And the man always has a television on that is absolutely blaring the news. And I said to him again today, and in a joking manner, but I meant it, Mark, you are getting yelled at this whole time. And I point to the TV, how can you stand being yelled at? And he laughs, he shrugs it off. And my goal for everyone is to seek more punchlines and less headlines. When we laugh as kids, we belly laugh a hundred times a day. As we get older and we're told more things have to fit in boxes and squares and silos, our humor has cut back. Be quiet. Don't be loud. Stop talking. All these things that happen squish our creativity and our freedom and our playfulness. But if you think more about seeking punchlines instead of headlines, you're going to raise your endorphins, lower your blood pressure and release nature's serotonin. And that's free. Hello, affordable healthcare. Now you already mentioned you were first a comedian on stage, and then you made a change to business comedian, business humorist. Tell us more about why you made that change. I wanted to wrap up the sketch comedy troupe, and that was in 2019. I did not know that all shows were about to cease anyway. So that was very strange timing. To me, it was like 20 years. That's a cool time to say, I'm going to hang that hat up for a little bit. Producing a show is exhausting. And I also work full time. I need the insurance, you know, and I do love my day job. I work with police officers and I, I'm local dispatch and record. So I'm, I feel so needed at the end of the day. And that's really important to me. I know I make a difference. So that really rounds out my life with, it was time to just back it up a little bit in the sense of trying to produce shows and running every single night. Like I said, the pandemic hit and I didn't have a choice, but at least when I did back down, it was my choice. If your difference of going, I kind of dread getting up and going, or you're going, I cannot wait. I'm so excited. I can't even sleep. You know, where are you at in your life? What's those things that are exciting? And that's what you need to go toward. Now, how are business humors in La Crosse, Wisconsin different than others? I don't think I know a whole lot of other business humorists that what makes me different is that I'm interactive. I don't want to stand at a podium and talk into a microphone. I am going to be walking around the room. I made up some games that I adore that are very interactive. I hand out prizes and I want audience participation. And I do not, this is my guarantee and my promise. I do not scare the introverts. People love that sentence. There are days that I myself, if I'm somewhere, there are days I just uh -huh. want to exist and absorb the information. I'm not always on. 
So to be called out and say, you in the blue shirt, get on up here. That would be horrifying to me if I wasn't yeah. in the right mode. I do not do that to anyone, but I always find a way to be interactive. And the way I play makes the whole room involved. And my troupe still does do improv shows mm -hmm. for corporate events. And we ask the audience for ideas, just like the, the show, Whose Line Is It Anyway? Give me a place where two people might meet. Give me an unlikely sporting event. We put things together and we build a scene right there. Everyone is included. It's not like the PowerPoint at the business meeting where you bring your spouse and they have no clue why that was funny. The reference that you made about Steve using the microwave last week. That's funny to half the room, you know? So to be interactive means to include everyone and okay. keep it corporate clean. That's my rule. Now, if I were a stuffed shirt, and of course I'm not, of course if I were not. a stuffed shirt, all business, how would you approach me? I learned during the pandemic, especially to connect with someone is one quick sentence and it has never failed me. I say, Keith, and I'd like you to answer this, Keith, what are you doing for fun? What am I doing for fun? Yeah. I'm what are you to you on a podcast. So is podcasting and your fun? What else do you do for fun? I play tennis. Cool. White shorts? No. Uh, <laughs> blue shorts. Blue shorts. And are you good? No, I'm not very good, but I enjoy it. <laughs> exactly. And by doing that, the next time I see you, I'm going to remember and I'm going to say, did you break out those blue shorts last week and play tennis on this sunny day? I know what you do for fun, which is a lot more interactive for me than to say, what did you do for a living? You know, maybe you're an accountant. I, I don't right. want to speak to that because what we do for a living does not define who we are. And we make that mistake right. when we're at a dinner table with other couples or whatever. What do you do for a living, Bob? Mm -hmm. Well, I sell insurance. Oh, now he's going to try and sell me insurance. I shouldn't have asked. <laughs> <laughs> but during the pandemic uh, in the grocery store, and I said to this guy, he's six foot two. I see him all the time. It's like a Whole Foods, you know, healthy store. And he's always in tie-dye and huge dreadlocks, always piled up high. Uh -huh. And he is just the coolest guy. But, you know, it's, hi, how are you doing? Good. Hey, how are yeah. you doing? Good. And I said to him, Matt, because he's got his name tag, what are you doing for fun? And he became smaller. He came down into my space and he said, we just fostered four little kitties. And he becomes really <laughs> small, you know, and, and whips out his phone and shows me pictures of kittens. Uh -huh. And now when I see him, I say, how many cats you got this week? And what are their names? And that is a way to be interactive. If you're a stuffed shirt and you can't answer what you're doing for fun, by mm -hmm. golly, you better better reevaluate your life because you, you are missing out on a key part of yes. longevity, which is those things that make you want to get up in the morning. So tell us what it means to be a prankster. <laughs> it is another dose of healthcare because if I hide around the corner because I know you're going to come and get your juice out of the fridge at 7.02, if I'm standing there waiting for you and maybe I have to wait 20 minutes and I jump out and scare the crap out of you, that's a burst of adrenaline for you. I'm keeping your heart pumping. I'm keeping you healthy. You're welcome. I have loved pranks forever. I even prank my dog. I would come over and prank your dogs, Keith. You know, I just, I can't not do it. And I work with police uh -huh. officers and I still do it. You know, you've got canned air that you can spray on your computer keyboard or right. we use it on our body cams to blow dust out. If you are around the corner with canned air and you know an officer is about to come down the hall and you right towards her face, good times. And so far, 
I only fell once. I fractured my tailbone during one of those, but I've never been really? shot. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. That was bad. Oh. But I would do it again. <laughs> I've never been shot or hit. That's how good these cops are. <laughs> I think the joy in pranking is that as long as it's harmless, I don't like mm -hmm. the pranks that you're seeing all over the internet right now where people are are pretending that they're cheating or actually hurting them or, or spraying mm -hmm. things in someone's face. That's not me. But a jolt, yes. Or something silly left out or um, a note that makes you panic, but then it's ridiculous or something silly in the fridge. You know, put a stuffed animal in the fridge and they jump. It's, it's the simplest things and it's so easy. When my kids were young and I'd see somebody I knew at the mall, I would hide and I would send them over to that person and say, will you be my daddy? <laughs> <laughs> or else, mister, can I have five bucks? And then I would come out so they knew it was, you know, it was me. And right. I have an upcoming podcast that's going to feature my sons on my 100th episode. And they really? talk about what it's like to grow up with a really different mother. <laughs> I'm going to ask you something, but I'm going to whisper it. How can you prank people who join our conversation today? Oh, I could tell you that tomorrow is crazy sock day. And if you don't wear crazy socks, we're going to know who you are. We're going to find you and you're going to get a citation. I could tell you to look under your chair. Maybe you won a prize. <laughs> <laughs> I could tell you to call the number at the bottom of the screen. I could say, if you can tell me what color my shirt is, you win $100. <laughs> There's a lot of different ways you can prank or play. And it's uh -huh. harmless. You know, I used to do prank phone calls, but not outgoing. I find that to be very important. I would pick on people when they would call me and we had this old machine and it was a cassette tape machine. Now for you mm -hmm. younger kids, cassette tape is when there was the little mini reel to reel. But anyway, uh, <laughs> so they would call and I wouldn't let them get to their sales pitch. And that was one of the most joyful things ever because it was free. They were calling me and it was generally during dinner hour. So I didn't care. And so my husband and I would take turns just pranking those phone calls that came in. Nowadays, they're all robotic, but I do have like 20 phone calls that I sell on an album mm -hmm. on iTunes and they're really? all prank calls. Yes. So if you're interested, I can easily play one. If you have time, oh, let please me know. Do. I, like I that. do have a phone call here. And what I used to do is play with telemarketers and it's about two minutes. And sure. I would not let them get to their pitch. And like I said, I've got about 20 calls on, a, on an album on iTunes. Mm -hmm. and it's called Fun on the Phone, but fun is also spelled like phone with a PH. And with this guy, you can tell he's in cubby land. You know, he's, mm -hmm. he's sitting next to somebody because he's repeating everything so his neighbor can hear it. So let's see if he gets to sell his pitch. Hello? Uh, on behalf of NRA. Is Thompson there? No. I haven't seen him for like two days. You haven't seen him for two days? No, he says, I can go get the spaghetti sauce and then... He's what? He says... He's out? He said, no, I'm trying to tell you. He goes, I, I can get the spaghetti sauce. I'll be right back, you know, and... It's been two days. He's been, he did what now? What was that again? He went out to get the spaghetti sauce. He went out to get spaghetti sauce and he hasn't come home for two days? I, right. Wow. Do you know where he's at? No, I don't. I'm calling on behalf of the NRA. I don't know where he's at. The NRA, is he in trouble? No, no, no. He's, he's in trouble? No, he's not in trouble, ma'am. No. Are you an officer? No, I'm not an officer. Okay. And uh, 
I'm not an officer. No, I'm, this is a call for membership in the National Rifle Association. Membership? He doesn't remember anything, especially where he lives. He's been gone two days. Okay, well. No. I, I'm sorry. I, I can let you go, okay, ma'am? If you see him, would you have him call me? Yeah, I, okay, if I see him, I'll have him call you. Okay, that's a good idea. Bye now. Thanks. <laughs> that's how that went. I call that MIA and the NRA. <laughs> he definitely wanted to get off the phone with you. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, I'm not making any money off of her. <laughs> exactly. What is the yes and method? Yes and is something in comedy especially improvisation, that is to say, building on what someone states. If you and I are on stage and we polled the audience and I said, give me a place where two people might meet. Somebody says, the pizza hut. And then um, give me an unlikely reason that you'd be in a waiting room and somebody else clinic appointment. And that wouldn't be that unlikely, but clinic appointment mm -hmm. um, for pregnant fathers. <laughs> okay, that would do it. <laughs> And now I'm going to put those it. together. Yeah, I mean, creativity is taking two unlikely ideas and putting them in together to make one new idea. Uh -huh. Like somebody invented peanut butter and chocolate. Thank you, Reese's. And pineapple and pizza, love it or don't. Somebody thought of that. I always want to know what they tried that didn't work. But when you say yes, and then mm -hmm. Keith says, yes, and I'm the pregnant man waiting. And I say, yes, and I'm going to sell the pizzas. And we step into the role and we play with it to make a seat right into the workplace or home, because that is what we need to make a discussion. Then together we find the out. And if we're really good in a team like I had, we make it funny. The whole ride is funny and the out makes sense so that the scene is clearly done. Now, I walk up and I say, pizza, get your pizza. Oh, look at you, sir, when are you due? And Keith says, I'm not pregnant. Boom, the scene just went flat. The audience member that had the idea of pregnant fathers just was squished. Their idea was told that it was bad and not acceptable. I have nowhere mm -hmm. to go with that because you did what's called a roadblock. So yes, and means no matter what I say to you, no matter what you say to me, I agree. I don't have to say the words yes, and, but it's inferred. I agree. Mm -hmm. And I build from that. Now, what do I, how do yes. I get that into business? I listen to my coworker. They're telling me something. And instead of me interjecting and saying, right, right, right. When I did that, I did four pages long. Mm -hmm. Instead of doing that, I listen to you and I build mm -hmm. from it. Maybe I'm going to say, oh, that's really interesting. Tell me about what you meant on the second page or tell me something else. Mm -hmm. This works, whether it's your business partner, whether it's the person you live with as a spouse or a partner whether it's your child, let them be heard and build off what they said. Don't be the one upper. Don't be the one that somebody comes in and says, oh, I stubbed my toe on lunch break. And you go, yeah, well, um, I broke my arm and um, I said it with duct tape, but I'm going to be good. Don't jump in with the story. Let the person be heard. That's right. how yes and can be taken from the stage right into the workplace or home. Tell us about why not thinking. I created a journal called What Ifs and Why Nots. Because maybe you're sitting there and you're supposed to write an article or you're, you're a blogger or you have to get a report done for work. And what I created was tips and tricks from when I was doing my own improv, teaching improv. And I still teach improv. I'm, I'm teaching kids next week. And when you're stuck, 
how do you carbonate your brain to get that energetic mm -hmm. thought? I'm stuck. You've heard of writer's block or you're trying to write your Toastmaster speech, for instance, and you, you want a hook, you want something different. And so you could flip this open. And one of the pieces of advice I have in here is when having a fun moment, try to include those around you. Don't keep all the laughs to yourself. And again, that connectivity through humor. A different mm -hmm. one is write long, write often, keep notes of passing thoughts. Don't believe the little voice inside that says, I'll remember that. <laughs> that is the biggest lie we could tell ourselves. Because <laughs> I don't need to write that down. I'll remember that. I don't care what age you are. We have so many screens open all the time. No, write it down. Because yes. all the random thoughts that you write down, you know, again, let's use the pizza place. Let's use fostering kittens. You mm -hmm. have those thoughts, write them down. Because one night you might sit down and just open up your notes and go, Oh, I could put these two things together and make a new idea. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'll make fostering kittens my main character of this thing I'm writing. But write long. Don't try and edit while you go. So what ifs and why nots is my journal's name. And that's just thinking weird. Weird is wonderful to me. Thinking quirky, thinking wild and those aha moments that make you make you sweat a little bit in the weird places. Yeah. Now, I notice you build relationships with strangers. I listened to your TEDx talks. Tell us about building relationships with strangers. I did something that I ask everyone else to do since, and that is to dare myself daily. I acted on an idea that popped into my head. I was walking down the street with my hubby, and we were about to head into our favorite restaurant. And outside the ice cream parlor in this historic part of downtown, it was just a beautiful warm day, and these two young ladies mm -hmm. had gotten ice cream cones. And they were taking photos along the brick wall. And it was just fabulous because they were cute. They had the ice cream. They were young. They're just taking pictures. They're so adorable. And I'm like, I want in on that. And I said to my husband, I'll catch up to you. And he goes, oh, <laughs> what are you doing now? In fact, I'm going to guess he didn't even say that. He probably just said, okay, because <laughs> this is just, this is just my life. And he went ahead and got us a table and I went over to the girls and I said, hey, let's do a selfie together. One girl is like, are you an influencer? And I was like, um, not sure what that is. I do know now, but back then I didn't. <laughs> and the other one's like, okay, let's do it. And so I hold up my camera and I put it on a three second countdown. And I uh -huh. said, wait, let's not smile. And so she, the one girl goes, you mean be serious? And I was like, yeah, don't smile. When you don't smile and you're told not to smile, what is your reaction? Oh, you laugh. You do laugh. There are times that you're in a serious situation. It could be a business mm -hmm. meeting. It could be a wake. It could be your kid teacher conference. Mm -hmm. I don't know why I get the giggles in those, but yeah. And you're told not to laugh. You're going to laugh. So we finally got our a serious selfie and I'm showing Keith the picture now that's in my book of the two young yes. girls. And we are just looking somber as heck. And in the middle of my book, Laughs on Rye, which is W-R-Y, we just have all kinds of just pictures of serious selfies. Um, I'm showing them now a bachelorette party that I caught on the yeah. street. And they're just, it's this beautiful gaggle of girls that are just looking like they're having the worst day of their lives. And it's hysterical, but it's not for you because it's for us. It's the experience. It's the moment. And it's that ripple effect of joy that having that moment together, anyone that was in that is laughing. 
and it goes to the next group that they're with or the next interaction. Why not spread joy? Why not spread happiness? And I made friendships by accident out of daring myself to do serious selfies with strangers. Can you share a story about a friendship you built? Yes. In a restaurant, I did a serious selfie with a table of three ladies next to me and they were mm -hmm. all for it. And oh my gosh, they had the best faces. And then I show them the pictures and we're laughing. We end up chatting and connecting on Facebook. Facebook uh -huh. has been very helpful for me. And the one gal, Chris and I have become extremely close friends. She's an artist. I've been to her home and played with her dog and played with her bird mm -hmm. and everything. And she and I go and hang out now. And um, she's a karaoke queen and not shy. And we just, that's one example. The gals that I talked about in the ice cream story, when my book came out, the moms recognized me from the shows I was doing. Really? And we all met for coffee. It was ridiculously fun. And so we had about 10 people at coffee. And then we went mm -hmm. to a secondhand store and we were trying on clothes and singing ABBA songs. And the clerk was like, are you guys in a musical? And we all said, yes, uh -huh. you know, we're just <laughs> making stuff up all because I crossed the street one day. Tell us about your book. It's called Laughs on Rye, W-R-Y. And it's an improviser's memoir, finding humor through childhood abuse, failed marriages and other hurdles. And the tagline that I have on there that really defines my life is a life made of choices instead of excuses. So I grew up in a traumatic childhood setting where my mother mm -hmm. was a functioning alcoholic who would have fits of rage. And I, I know mm -hmm. now as an adult oh, wow. that she was, yeah, she was self-medicating. And I wouldn't have known that as a kid, but there's four kids and each of us handled it in our own ways. But there would be times we would be taken out of bed in the night, beat with a belt, or you have to go clean the bathroom or all these things. So Nighttime is still hard. Even though I'm 56, I still can have bouts of night fright. I have to talk myself through it. It's so bizarre. The things that can be just mm. too hard to get past, but that never happened to my children, you know, and I never continued that cycle and they know what happened and they know that drinking is probably not the best idea for anybody with mm -hmm. our genetics. <laughs> and so my book talks about the severity of the horrid parts of my life. It also talks mm -hmm. about the joy that my mother brought me. It was a hell of a roller coaster ride. She's the one that made me believe I could sing and that I could act and that I was funny. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it was the weirdest up and down. And having written it mm -hmm. was scary. And I tell everyone, you have a story in you that is no one else's story. And again, mm -hmm. write long, edit later, let the memories come as they do, always take notes. And you don't know who needs to hear your story. You just never know. Yeah. Now tell us about your podcast. Okay. Stranger Connections <laughs> is my joy, just like you love doing your embers and wind. Yes. Stranger Connections is where I celebrate wonderfully weird people and their quirky uh -huh. stories. I am a story sharer, not teller, because I want mm -hmm. stories out of you. I'm really good at getting off the bio and going down uh -huh. a path. If the person tells me they were a monk, I'm going to find out why. I'm going to find out, which is a true <laughs> example. One of my first guests was a monk for seven years. So really? you, can, you can bet I was asking him how to get into it. What was it like in there? And why did he get out of it? Was there a girl involved? Oh, I got all the answers. Mm -hmm. You can believe it. 
And that's why I'm just curious. I'm a curious beast and I love to interview people and I love to connect through stories. And I've gotten so many networking connections, but true friendships. And I love to say Mm -hmm. to my guest, are you looking for more podcasts? I would love to share your name with some of my podcast buddies. And I love to network because it comes back to you and supporting others makes us rise. Mm -hmm. There is no time ever that you wouldn't support somebody else by liking a post, commenting on the post, supporting them, sharing their information, telling other people Mm -hmm. about them. That is never, ever going to hurt you. It is only going to help you. You know somebody that I know, Ant Blair, was in TEDx with you. And I read his recommendation about his experience that benefited from your coaching of his TEDx talk. Oh, I love him. Very Ant. powerful. He is a force. He is a yes. strong man. He's got a book out. If you ever look at that, he went from selling weed on the streets to working on Wall Street. He is an amazing right. human. And we thought our TEDx was going to be all through Zoom. And instead, one of the people said, well, why can't we meet? It was during COVID and we had to figure it out. We didn't know we'd ever meet in person. You can bet mm-hmm. that was one of my favorite hugs in the world. It felt like I was meeting a star <laughs> because we worked together yes. for months and we went back and forth privately working each other's talks. And uh-huh. oh, what an incredible man. Yeah, that, that means a lot that he introduced us. Yeah, I was impressed with his talk and your talk too. Thank you so much. It is about how humor saved my life. And I called it the bravest thing you've never done. And it talks a lot about the things we've touched on here. And as well as realizing that whatever else might be out there, whatever else you might believe is a higher power. Mm -hmm. We know in this moment, we have this moment here. Oh, that moment's gone. But we have this moment. Oh, that moment's gone. Think about that. You have the now. We're spinning Mm -hmm. on this blue and green marble. What are you doing with your stuff? What is the thing you want to do? Do you want to color horses pink? Well, go do it because you don't know about tomorrow. You Mm -hmm. do not know. Yes. And if you're in a job you hate, what's more important, money or time? Yeah, you don't you don't know how much time you have. You might exactly. guess how much money you're going to get by Friday. You don't know how much time you have. And so and you that's what I, I talk about is is appreciating humor, connecting with people and doing the things. And you mentioned a second TEDx talk too. That was pranks for the memories. And that's all about pranking in a kind way, in a gentle way. Again, it's it's harmless pranks. Never your kid was in a car crash or anything like that. Mm-hmm. No, it was, I tape an empty soda cup on top of my car and drive slowly. So people point, yell, scream, chase me. <laughs> There's a cup up there. You've got a cup on top of your car. <laughs> and, I, and I even have a, a quick video on that. It's ridiculous. People are passionate to tell you there's a soda on your rooftop and it's ridiculous. So what you do when you're driving around with it taped up there, they can't see the tape. You Uh wave when they're pointing and screaming like, do I know you? Do I? Are you talking to me? (laughs) So, yeah. And that was before gas prices were what they are at this moment. But Uh you could spend more on things that aren't even as fun. Why not make fun memories? Yeah. How can someone connect with you that is enjoying this conversation? Facebook is my place. And it's Lisa David Olson, O-L-S-O-N. And Mm -hmm. I'm also on Instagram. I mm-hmm. am on LinkedIn and I, somebody reminded me I'm on Twitter. I don't use it, but 
My website is lisadavidolson.com. I have an art Instagram page now because I, I took up painting in the really? pandemic. Yeah, why not? So yeah, I started painting and I have an art page on Instagram and that's anxious artist, L-D-O, mm -hmm. my initials. So that's the things I do. I'm a coach for speakers. Since I've done two mm -hmm. TEDx's and taken two master classes, I love to share that information. You know, so I do one-on-one -on -one sessions and I help people put humor into their speeches or I help mm -hmm. people find their quick message. With a TEDx, one of the main things you have to have is that opening line, the hook. You have to have the star moment and that's the big moment. What is that mm -hmm. one that people are just gonna, their mouth might hang open or they might go, I'll never forget this. And how do you keep that message through the whole speech? What's your takeaway, your action, your call to mm -hmm. action for the people? There's so many pieces to a TEDx that mm -hmm. if anyone's interested, what they want to do is think of what their special message is that they want mm -hmm. the world to know and go research TEDx's. See who else has done it. And if they have, how are you different? That's how you find your spot. Then you just start applying like crazy. But if anybody wants to drill down into the deeper parts of that, let me know. And I also know of a great Facebook group to connect you to for TEDx's. Excellent. There could be somebody who wants to learn from you listening to this conversation. How would they connect with you to learn from you? Oh, Facebook Messenger or Lisa at lisadavidolson.com. Well, I will include your website and some of your social media contacts in the show notes. That would be lovely. Excellent. All right. So you're going to play tennis tomorrow? No, I'm not going to play tennis tomorrow. But I do <laughs> want to ask you if you have a benevolent call to action you want to invite those who join the conversation to take. Oh, heck yes. Be bold, be brave, dare yourself daily, and stay weird. I like that. I accept. Yay. Woo, we got one more weirdo. <laughs> yeah. So hey, people can send so me much. their weirdos. Yeah, thank you. And people can send me their weirdos. If you know somebody who likes to juggle jello or they uh -huh. uh, set a world record or they've got the weirdest life story, send them my way for my podcast, Stranger Connections. I've got somebody in mind that I'm going to refer to you. Sweet. Do it. I'd love it. I will. I thank definitely you. do that. Hey, thank you so much for being on this podcast. Thank I've you. I'm honored. Myself. I'm honored to have been chosen to be with you, Keith. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. And thank you for joining us for this week's episode of Embers in the Air. Take care. Thank you so much for joining us for this week's episode of Embers in Wind. If you enjoyed today, please come back next week. Please also share this episode with a friend. If you've not already subscribed to Embers and Wind, rated this podcast, and written a review, please do this now. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, you can reach me directly at embersandwind.net. Thank you again for joining us.